0: Hello, lovely Artiki Film listeners. Now, today we've got a very special episode. Um, It's our first one in a series where we're going to break down the four Oscar Best Picture films that are getting UK releases before the Oscars uh, and trying to work out whether they can win Best Picture. Now, today we're starting off with Judas and the Black Messiah, the film which is available to watch on iTunes. Um, Also, Jacob, at the end of the show is going to be talking about the beautiful Roman Kemp documentary about men's mental health um, which has had lots of talk on uh, social media and I have a rather entertaining anecdote to bring in some random point about what happened to me while I was watching Zack Snyder's Justice League this morning. So let's get into the Judas and the Black Messiah talk first because that's our main chunk. Now. Shaka King, uh, the film, directed by Shaka King in his first feature, it follows the FBI informant William O'Neill, played by the excellent Lakeith Stanfield, who infiltrates the Illinois Black Panther Party and is tasked with keeping tabs on their charismatic leader, Chairman Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya. Um, he, O'Neill is a career thief who is known to manipulate both the comrades and his handler at the FBI. Special Agent Roy Mitchell, played by Jesse Clemens, who's underrated. Um, we also compare this with Hampton, who's growing his political presence, but he's also falling in love with the fellow revolutionary Deborah Johnson, played by a star turn dominic Fishback. Um, and so we see the battle and the tornness between uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who's and uh, playing William O'Neill. Will he be a force for good, or will he fall and stop the Pampers for the FBI, uh, for Martin J. Edgar Hoover, played by Martin Sheen. Now, this film is set well over 50 years Can ago. Can I just
1: say, we are here, by the way, Ben.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, I for- <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Our listeners might just think it's Ben talking for 45 minutes or whatever.
1: No, Charlotte and I are here. Charlotte's back. Yeah. Charlotte. they here.
0: Sorry. Ben's
1: like, oh, sorry, you were proper monologuing that, Ben. I didn't want to interrupt, but we're here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Charlotte. I, I, Jacob.
1: Um, Charlotte wasn't here last week, and you know, on the description for last week's podcast, she wrote, "No, Charlotte this week." So it's like the good old days with Ben and Jacob. I think it's better with Charlotte here.
0: Oh, I was only I'm
1: good old days.
0: <laughs> I was only teasing. I was only teasing Charlotte there. Um, even. She's uh, yeah. Um. Huh? It it was only meant as a joke.
1: Um. So, um, we're pointing out, uh, once again, two of uh, our hosts here at the RTT Film Podcast are at universities. So, once again, we've got the no-camera option. And it's actually a lot harder than you think. Ben and I, we did okay last week, but with three people, it's really hard. We kind of miss those visual cues. Yeah. You know, I'm really not enjoying this
0: no-camera vibe
2: right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's kind we'll of... We'll
1: get through it. We'll get through it. I mean, Ben did forget we're here, <laughs> but...
0: I was... And the... I was just so into the script, I was literally reading it fully, whereas normally when I can see your faces, um, I'm looking at you for and checking the visual cues and not the script.
1: It's alright Ben,
2: you completely
1: forgot about us, but it's fine, it's fine mate. I'm not offended
2: at all. No, 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 not me, not me.
0: Okay, so do we want to get on to Judas then? (laughs) I
1: think yeah. you do, Ben, to be honest with you. You want us to shut up because you didn't include
0: us, so i will let you get going, because you loved this film, didn't you, man? Yeah, I mean, it's also a first that all three of us have watched the same film. I mean, I yeah, don't think... no. I don't... It's
1: kind of crazy, isn't it? Like...
0: It is. I mean, it's also kind of crazy that Jacob, for someone who's hosted a film podcast for the last, what, 10 months now, how few films you actually watch... Huh?
1: I do watch a lot of TV. I think that's fair to say. I watch a lot of TV. Not a huge film guy because I just, I love really committing myself to something and getting fully immersed in it. And then films, I just get annoyed when they're over too quickly. Um, you know what? I did, I did like this film. I did get a bit lost, but I did like it. But Ben, right, back me up. I always watch all the films you tell me to watch.
0: I do. If I specifically say watch a film, Jacob and Charlotte do watch the film. Thank uh, you. But I ever say watch the film ahead. I've, because...
2: actually, I've actually watched both of the things that... Well, the boys are going to be discussing one of them because, obviously, it resonates a lot more with them. Um, but I've watched both of the things this week.
1: Uh, oh. right, we yeah, the Roman Kent documentary is brilliant, in
2: I did. I've got a lot of respect for him. I mean, I liked him anyway. It's quite fancied him, to be honest. But, um, yeah, no, a lot of respect for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, Ben, we will... Be quiet now. And let
0: you get on with the review. Well, you two are also piping in on that. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, we're piping up a bit, aren't we, Charlotte? We've, uh, we've both watched this film, yeah. Yeah, we I just, have not. I, I feel like, guys, this film, it was just really important, wasn't it? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's such an important watch. And um, Ben, I know you have a few thoughts on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Judas and the Black Messiah, it's set over 50 years ago. um, And... It still manages to make Fred Hampton. His story still feels as urgent and tragic. Um, it's the second film it nominated in the Best Picture category that actually has someone playing Fred Hampton. Um, there is a tiny bit of crossover, which we'll get into later. And Daniel Kaluuya, he just brings such life into the performance, and he's so charismatic. And you're sitting there watching it, and you're thinking, you can see how, why people were persuaded by Hampton and his goodness and his heart
2: yeah i mean i completely agree with that i mean i think it's a really emotional movie because um for me personally when i watch any of these movies that kind of touch on these topics like the hell or just yeah, so there's so many... Movies. Nelson Mandela's long walk to freedom. There's so many that touch on, like, our history. Well, not our history, but other people's history. And it infuriates me so much. I will never understand why people felt that way or whatnot. But this isn't a political podcast, so we won't get into that.
1: The but thing is, you say it's not a political podcast, I think every single week, particularly last week. Last week, this was quite political. We do cover politics in some yes, way.
2: I did have a listen last week, and I was like, did oh, you like it, Charlotte? It was quite good last week. I did, but I mixed myself in it. <laughs> okay. Well, like... <laughs> To be fair, to be fair, Ben. Like when I
1: listen back to the podcast, I do skip your big bits and you'll listen back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think
2: I don't. I, I don't, Ben. I listen to your words of wisdom. But,
0: to be fair, I've heard them once, Ben. I'd rather listen back and critique my own performance. I also, I do the opposite. I no, I do also skip my big bits as well, just because I can't bear listening to myself talk.
2: <laughs> no, I think I think this movie is incredible. I think. I think I mentioned it a bit later down in my um, review of it. But, you know, we we obviously know there's so many people that paid a key asset to the kind of not saying things are perfect now by any shape of the word. But yeah. there's a lot of people who paid some very key roles in even getting to this level of society. And I think, you know, we had Nelson Mandela, who no doubt incredible work. But there's so many other people that got involved. And I personally didn't know this story um, at all before I watched yeah. Be. I oh, didn't yeah. the only one who was just uneducated in that, but I thought it was I thought it was
1: great. I mean, this film for me, it kind of made me feel really empty at the end. I was left like, feeling really empty. Kind of, it made me feel sad, sad at what our our world is. You know, there's still so many things that needs to change. And on top of the Black Lives Matter movement recently, this film just really highlighted to me, yes, this film was in the 60s, yes, we've come a long way, but sadly, there are still some aspects of this film that I think, in a more diluted way, still happen today. And that just isn't good enough. So it kind of made me feel sad. Like, oh yeah, I was fuming. I was pretty fucked off, to be honest
2: with you. Yeah, I mean... I think I, think I agree, because especially with... You know there's I, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the UK either, but the US has specifically been highlighted about you know how fearful people are of the police because of their power and the tr- the issues that have been between the color of people's skin and the police force, both in the UK and America. I'm not saying the UK is perfect by any shape of the word, yeah. and it's it basically it touches on that in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm with Jacob here. I, I wasn't sad or emotionally empty. I was fucking fuming at the end of the yeah. film. I mean, I was really pissed off. And I think this is one of the only times that emotion's really good at the end of the film. And I think Shaka King, who's I hadn't seen his shorts, um, I had seen a bit of his TV work, he amazingly managed to manipulate the audience and get that, like, he got the emotions you want out of them. It's a real. It was bleak. so raw. It was. It's so a... raw. It's so bleak. It explores racism, classism, and other forms of discrimination. And I know it's easy to sit here and say, "Oh, it's about America. It's only an American." But come on, it is so still huge here. I mean, you you can't turn a blind eye to it. It's shocking, and it is interesting that like Daniel Kaluuya is British, playing, um fred hampton uh so and he was clearly bringing his experiences into it and even though he did claim that he was a vessel for fred hampton's spirit
1: yeah yeah absolutely i mean i kind of like i said i did feel quite empty when i initially finished the film but during the film i was pissed off Mm. and then afterwards it really made me like sit back and think damn and this wasn't even long ago it was in the 60s
2: no i think um i think it's a great snippet into history i mean like i said yeah. we all know about nelson mandela who is of course like still re- relevant and completely i've watched nelson mandela's long watch freedom so many times it's incredible yeah but i think this is this is still such a great snippet into history like i said i was confused. do you think it should be like shown in schools as like a history lesson i, I think I think there's so many bits about. I mean, obviously, there's people not like Nelson Mandela. There was like Rosa Parks, who's literally yeah. whole thing was just the fact she sat on the bus, and it was such an uproar. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think this needs to be more, especially this one, I'd say, because obviously, we, I didn't,
1: Charlotte, I'm with you. I didn't know this story before. I
2: didn't know the... and I, and I'm not belittling. I should have done. That, yeah, no, same I agree. But I, not blissing anybody else's like work they've done to even get the. I'm not saying the world's perfect by any form but to get it up to what it is today but this is still so relevant i mean my whole thing was the power of the police i know obviously that's not really but it's just the power yeah um, I, I know it's me it's not a
1: fear really, driven with yeah, that power
2: exactly that's really what and that is something that still is so prevalent unfortunately yeah. here we live in and i think that's like look this hasn't been fit it, obviously we hope it's got at least a smidge better But it's
0: not fixed i mean it's arguably getting worse over here Uh, um i i'm gonna toot my own horn here and be a bit smug i did actually know the story i i'm a history student um people know that i've mentioned it before um and one of the areas i'm really interested is protest and riot and um activism in the 60s so i was actually quite familiar with hampton i find him a really interesting guy you know his stories he the, it was a side note in the trial of the Chicago Seven, as well as I mentioned. So I, which you would, loved, Ben, you absolutely. Yeah, loved. and I love. Um, uh, you
1: love this kind of genre, don't you? Yeah, you well, a it's good, a it's a history. A film
0: that's a good watch
1: and educational. Yeah, After
0: you, you're sold on that. There's also a period of history. I'm not a huge biopic guy, but It's a period of history I genuinely find fascinating, and I read a lot about, and I watch anything I can on it. Um, I think there's
1: quite a lot of biopics get bad names
0: yeah i'm really i don't think picks are a great genre i think they're mainly oscar baity and dull and drab and we've seen them a hundred times before but in this film like maybe it's the fact it's leading off two characters and the fact we have judas and the black messiah and the biblical references and the people are basically judas and jesus like it's that's how you can see it but also king is such a visual he's such a stylistic flair it's a really creative take on quite a stale genre, and that yeah. brings it through the like it that's what elevates it.
2: yeah, I really think I mean I can't lie until uh, I read the thing I had no idea what the style was of um and this kind of
1: genre I second <laughs> that I did not either I
2: had to Google but on so did <laughs> <I>. <laughs> but on reflection, I do completely agree I think it I think it dramatizes it perfectly and I think like you like we've all kind of said we left the movie well not left it but watching it we were all very angry and I think the heightened emotion that this movie kind of gives you, I don't know whether it's through the genre or not but I'm guessing it would be is 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 that it plays in like perfectly to how, pro- how important and how relevant this story and movie and life situation is
1: Yeah I mean this film so so important don't get me wrong and it was really gripping but now, I'm aware that this is probably going to be a bit of an unpopular opinion, guys. I'll hold my hands up. I just thought there was too many characters. I felt like I didn't manage to connect emotionally enough to the characters as I wanted to because I felt like there was too many. I This is part of the reason I love series, because in a film, I'll see a face once and I'll like forget the face. Series, I really get to know the characters, get to know the faces. But with films, like you see a face and then there's another face, and I just forget who's who. Um, I mean, that m- might just be a problem I had, but in general, I just felt like there was a bit too many characters in this film, which made me get a lost. It kind of, I kind of got lost from the whole film because I was spending a bit of time just analysing the characters. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, that's that guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but I just think they tried to incorporate too many people.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I did get kind of lost in the kind of second act, and yeah. particularly, I got really lost when. Hampton and Kaluuya was in jail and we were suddenly having loads of revolutionaries who weren't him. Um, I think the performances, bar none, are great. Particularly the Central Five, so Fishback, Plemons... um,
1: uh, Mate, acting in this film, incredible. Yeah,
0: all of them incredible. But what I did think was the fact that we have two protagonists didn't help the film because it's flip-flopping between two of them and... We never really got to understand the characters' motivations as much as I wanted them. I feel like the film should have been tinkered a tiny bit. It should have either been a more straight Hampton biopic with all the uh, beautiful cinematography or the flair. Or they should have went really into O'Neill and only had Hampton as properly like a figurehead in the background. So you see him and you see his influence. But have more of his influence felt off screen and more of his influence felt when he's not there in a weird way, like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which came out and didn't get a Best Pick nomination, but it was in the conversation. Uh, yeah. Ma Rainey's only in 20 minutes of that film, but you feel her the whole time. And I think it would have almost been better if Kaluuya was in less, because his performance was so good, You would have still felt his presence. And he would, even if he was in less, he would still have gave an Oscar-worthy performance. See, I
1: thought he should have been in more. I thought because his performance was so good, they should have shown him more. So that's really interesting that you had like, a different view on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... I also kind of felt the more interesting story was O'Neill's. Um, and uh, because even he couldn't describe what he did. Like, yeah, his true. actions are both despicable but so relatable. And the fact he committed suicide... Um, Shows just how uncomfortable he was. Um, mm. So I feel like that's a more interesting story. And you just so many films do it where you have the big figurehead and the character who's more famous and more charismatic, mainly in the background. But, yeah,
1: Charlotte, I don't know about you, but you presumably watched Julius and the Black Maasai um, after the Roman Camp documentary. Yeah. Did the whole suicide thing really hit more after watching that?
2: I think. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm—I don't know whether either of you bought it, but I'm a very—I'm actually a feminist, so I believe in both men and women. I had
1: no idea, Charlotte. I don't follow you on Instagram.
2: You don't love your feminist quotes, but we should all be feminists. I'm a a feminist. not careful with that word, but obviously some people hear it and they go, "Oh, they think men are trash." Not at all. I fully believe that men and women should be on an equal playing field. Fully, like, agree. I agree. That's, saying, I agree. that's then, why
0: I call myself a feminist as well.
2: Oh yeah, that that is the definition of the word. And it yeah. really annoys me when people use it in the wrong context. And all this men
0: should happen. be feminists, but all, guess, all, yeah, men, all should men should be, or women should be. be. Feminist,
2: yeah. Okay? It, it doesn't make sense to me when people say, "Oh, feminists hate men." It's like no definition is that. We believe both genders. Or whatever gender should be equal. So wow. for me, I'm very big on men's mental health needs to be way more open about. I mean, yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: For women, I struggle with my mental health as it is, but then I'm like, at least like, yeah, you know, I can, I don't feel weird about talking about it at all. But there's, I know plenty of people who obviously struggle to talk about it because of the stereotype behind men and stuff. So like you said, watching the Roman Kemp thing and then this, I was like, see, this just is highlighting even more, like, people are, men are losing lives just as much as women, well, maybe even more than women are.
0: I think it's um, more.
2: We, and we need to have these conversations about it because we're losing great people, clearly.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and we are going to get into the uh, Roman Kemp documentary a little bit later on here on the RTQ Film Podcast. Uh, We're going to be sticking with the main film we are discussing, and we're going to be talking about some of the performances in just a sec. But first, Ben, at the start of the show, right, you kind of teased that you had some bit of a different experience while watching this film. What exactly happened?
0: Yes, so I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League this morning, um, all four hours of it to get the written review up, which you can read on the I'll Take Your Film website. Go check um, it out. Yes, and there's been lots of talk on social media about people saying where they break because watching a four hour film is exhausting. And um, I my plan was to go all the way through it. Um for the most part. I did do that. I had finished I started at eight and I'd finished it by about twelve thirty. Um but um Midway through, actually, this like in the final battle, my phone goes off, and I'm like, "Oh, fucking hell!" Uh, So I pick up the phone, and it's some, and it's the call going. This is a message from Her Majesty's Revenue and Tax Office. Uh, Please press one, otherwise we will send out a warrant for your arrest. And maybe it was too early in the morning, or make, and I hadn't been sleeping well. I believed Mate, you it. Didn't reply, so did you? so I texted one. I ended up on the phone with this woman, and she's like, um, "Are you self-employed? Are you working?" And I'm like, "What's your name? What's your name?" So I can write everything down. Because in my head, I was like, "Fucking hell, I'm going to jail." Um, so I was like, "Oh god, my life is literally over." And then when I'm asking for her name, she hangs up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, they're sending out a warrant for my arrest." So I'm like, I have to keep my phone here in case they try to ring back. Knock on my flatmate's door, get him to give me his phone. Call my dad because he's the closest thing I have to an accountant. Um, and I'm like,
1: <laughs> and I bet your dad was like, Ben, you're being absolutely stupid.
0: Yeah, and I was like, nearly in tears. And my dad's like, Ben, you've um, you've you've just been scammed. So, in the moral story is, if you watch three hours of Justice League, um your mind will have gone by then till you believe anything. Um, so definitely take a break before that point. Um, but if you guys have any other funny things that happened midway through your yeah. four hour watch of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we're not talking about today, but it's an interesting show, let us know. We'd be, I'd be very interested to see how you watched it. Did you watch the chapters on different nights, which is how I think I probably would have done it if I didn't review it. Um, did you watch it and have like an intermission halfway through like i know they're doing in us cinemas so please get in contact and tell us how you watched the four hour snyder cut um but charlotte or
1: any just any general funny film stories like that maybe you start crying over a scam uh at the age of 19 years old i don't know we would love to hear from you ben what is the email
0: uh yes it's ben heath 101 at gmail.com it's in the link it's in the description below uh, we're like
1: youtubers in the description below uh we're gonna get back into into discussing the main film we are talking about on today's i'll Take you Film podcast quickly ben why you mentioned justice league is it any good
0: um it's much better than the 2017 film because uh, i
1: know you did not like that i mean you don't like sequels probably why but you do like this
0: i mean it's a bold film it's like a bold misfire and for that i give it a lot of credit
1: absolutely absolutely right shall we uh continue on with the show
0: yes so charlotte what do you think of daniel kaluuya
2: i think his performance is great honestly um i'm sure as human actor himself he has some kind of, maybe not this specific storyline, but he definitely will have somewhere in his heritage some kind of link to what life was like back then. And I personally just... You saw so many different sides of passion in a role. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just it seemed to really resonate with him. And you saw so many different changes and just different perspectives. I, I, I mean... It's hard, I always find it so hard to summarise an actor's performance, because you're always, you know, playing off what you're thinking, they're thinking, but it could be thinking something completely different. But I, overall, I just thought his performance was fantastic.
1: I honestly, I just, I can't do anything other than echo Charlotte's comments. He was incredible. He's, he was just so pure. Yeah, you know, so it. gripping, so pure. He gave so much depth to the character. He was the one of the very few characters that really stood out for me.
2: Yeah.
1: And it was just remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Um just brilliant. Ben, you you're a huge fan of his, right?
0: Yeah, I am. Um this is his second oscar nomination after Get Out which he was nominated for 2 years ago. And you know who else was in Get Out? The wonderful, amazing Lakeith Stanfield, he is... Was she?
1: Was she in Get Out?
0: Lakeith Stan... He, the guy who plays William O'Neill.
1: Oh! Yes, I did know that. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing for you. That is... Charlotte, you know what? You have made some... Only Hugh Grant and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. I think that is more embarrassing than this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you have like to stand on. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Lakeith
0: Stanfield is one of the I two. And neither do you because you drank vodka before recording a podcast
1: was relatively sober at the start, and by the end was absolutely
0: pissed. Way yeah. back in September, like, let it still, was, it was it freshers. It still
1: happened, it still happened.
0: Yeah, but I, and I've not denied that it didn't happen on my freshers week, that I probably should it, not have recorded. It, it
1: was record. absolutely brilliant. Uh, if, if you go listen back to our podcast, don't know what episode number it was, but you will know. If you just go for all our podcasts, skip to, like, three quarters of the way through, you will know the podcasts are all about.
0: Yeah, um... Anyway, I love Stanfield. I think he's such an underrated actor, and he does deserve more awards. And it's the film when they do the close-ups of his face; you see right. the kind of split, and how um, O'Neill really was torn and confused. And I think he does a brilliant job of portraying that. I mean, I'm so happy he got the Oscar nomination, uh,
2: yeah, even if I don't. Deserved. You know, yeah, film, thoroughly deserved.
0: I don't understand film. how both actors got Best Supporting Actor nominations. I mean who was the lead in this film. I've not quite worked that out yet. Um, and the one thing, I wish he was nominated in Leeds, particularly Stanfield, because I just think Kaluuya, he won the Globe, he's been nominated everywhere, he was on for a sweep. But I think Stanfield has, in my opinion, the better, more subtle performance. And I think he will take votes off Kaluuya. And it might mean someone like Sasha Baron Cohen ends up winning the Oscar that should have went to Kaluuya or Stanfield. Um, because they both give brilliant performances so I think in him getting nominated he may have just meant his film. the film loses its best shot an Oscar
1: I mean like I said this film just full of so many incredible performances like I think obviously it's not for best picture and the, the main reason we're discussing this uh, film today is for best picture I feel like the performances kind of outshun the picture in a
0: way Yes, it's definitely a film elevated by its performances. And Charlotte, are you like? Did you love Stanfield and Lakeith? Because oh he's so God. good.
2: I know. Obviously, this is very early on in the movie. This scene, but something that I found so it was just I can't even remember the line, but it just hit home when the uh, I can't who plays him, but the you know the FBI cop person um, when he's interviewing him in the in one of the very opening scenes and he's like why why do you use a police badge over a gun and in that time in that community a badge was scarier than a gun i'm not saying it's not scarier now i mean in america they have both so i'm not saying it's any different but that just the way he worded it was so like it really hit me and again just made me angry at the fact that this badge is meant to be someone who helps you. Like it's not meant to be any. It's meant to be the opposite of violence, really. It's meant to be like peacekeeping role, and that that in those well in those days and probably for some people still now is more scary than someone having a gun. I thought that was incredible.
1: I think. Yeah, it just really that li- that line that scene shot really just set the tone for the movie.
2: It just set the tone. on... it was
1: like wow. And you could. I was taken see- back.
2: You could see in his character, he was so conflicted on what to do because in a way he was, you know, he was betraying his his heritage, basically, going against them. And you could just see that it was like the yin and yang in him. He had no idea what to do at points. And, like, you know, he was getting told things, you know, uh, Daniel's character was literally. I love how I'm calling them Daniel like I'm mates with them. But um, yeah, you, know, you can see in his just character, Daniel, just your mate, Daniel, just Daniel. Um, you can see that you know he's he's partly fighting against what the other person's character was like. I don't want to say their names because I'm going to butcher it. But what, yeah, that's what I've also
1: been trying to avoid.
2: <laughs> but his um, but but you know, he's there being manipulated by an FBI, and then we've got Daniel's character being like, "I that shouldn't be happening. Do you know what? I, do you know what? I don't know if I'm explaining it right. I'm so awful. You wouldn't think I did English. Yeah, age? I
1: know. Like, you just were down the pub with Daniel, like, yesterday. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, my, I just... I You can see the confliction so well. And like I said, that scene was the one in the scene that just... I was like, that makes complete sense. Like it makes. Oh, it...
1: you weren't down the pub with
2: Daniel because we're in lockdown, right? I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Few, we had a few bevs over Zoom.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But I mean, something that was really great was Dominic's flashback. Oh,
1: mate! Yeah, that... right,
2: fishback, sorry.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean about butchering the name, Charlotte. I'm yeah, so glad you did that. One, but I'm glad you went for it. Ben always tells me, if you don't know, just go for it.
2: Oh, well, I
1: just rather did leave, Ali. Mate, this was so sad.
2: Mm.
1: Like, I have to admit, like I said, I got a bit... I drifted off a bit in the film at points. I got a bit lost. But this was definitely just such a great relationship. I was like, oh, my God. Well, personally, I haven't seen much from
2: this actress at all. So this was an incredible performance.
0: Yeah, so... This is her. This is Fishback's. Um, it's really. I think it's her star-like performance. It's the one that she's get breakthrough for. She so deserves her BAFTA nomination. Uh, for it. Um, she was otherwise in Project Power, the Jamie um, Fox superhero film on Netflix in the summer. If people remember that, she is heartbreaking in this film as Deborah, uh, Fred Hampton's girlfriend. Like, you feel for her, and she's really the heart of the story. And in a film of the police versus the Black Panthers she is the hardest job because she is the intimate personal stories to tell and it's the cliched role of the lover the girlfriend and she isn't in loads of the, the film but her scenes are the ones that stuck in my mind and the final her final scene um, spoiler alert it's history it happened 50 years ago when Hampton died um, her face in that scene is whoa oh, it it's haunting. That's, I love to know I think what she
2: drew on to get that kind yeah. of emotion
0: in her face. And I think actually the film it, oh, of... it
1: had to be based off something didn't yeah. it? like it was incredible.
2: Oh my God, I felt oh, I, I felt like I'd lost him. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: the film should have ended on that note on her.
2: <laughs> Agreed, I echo that. That would have been such an incredible closing scene. Yeah A better ending than what we got.
0: I yeah. think it would have been a much better ending than what we.
2: More impactful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
2: agree.
0: And then the cinematography and the visual style. What did you, were you guys fans?
2: I loved the whole kind of documentary s kind of style of it all. I mean, it it's a true story, and even though you know they say in it, oh, it's based off a true story, you know, I'm I could be so wrong, but I'm pretty sure they used some real footage in it of the time and stuff, and I. I, I I loved it because I know obviously it isn't a documentary kind of thing, but it, it felt like you were watching it all unfold like yeah. within a document. I don't know if I'm using the right terminology here, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I
1: mean, I'm with you, but I don't know if everyone who listens is like a film buff like Ben who may not be with you.
2: Yeah, but that's how I, I took it as that kind of thing. And I love that. I think it's a really fresh perspective of doing stuff also. I love it when they bring something new. It was like 1917, Like that was a whole new like, angle of filming that I've yeah. not seen before. Well, not seen successfully done before. And yeah. not saying this is the first successful time like that, but I thought it was really fresh to see such a incredible story be told in such a creative way.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just really cool. I really liked how how different it was. I liked it. You know, it kept it interesting. Like I said, I did get lost, but the visuals, they were good. They kept me interested. They kept me watching. Like, oh, that's cool. haven't seen that before. So I really liked that. It was just such a, like, wonderful and organic piece of cinematography. Like I said, I got lost at points. But other than the, that, was down to there being too many characters in my opinion. It wasn't down to the amazing cinematography that we got in this film. Yeah, no,
2: I, I mean,
1: yeah.
2: Obviously, we've touched on the characters, but I, do, I did, I I do agree. I think obviously every character played a key role. But for me personally, I like to really resonate with at least one character, even if it's not the main character. Just, just resonate with one of them, so it feels like I'm almost part of the story as a viewer. If that makes yeah.
1: sense. Yeah, I, and get, then you. If I, I get you. I get
2: you. Film, there wasn't. I was completely blown away with the story and everything like that but there wasn't anyone i was like oh my god like i feel like i played that character i guess maybe because i've got actor acting experience i like to pretend i'm playing just one. wanted to get that in there <laughs> okay well you know i was beatrice and whatever but... i mean amateur <laughs>
0: acting for amateur <laughs>
2: acting long-time listeners
1: of the rt film podcast will know that ben and i have uh Done some plays together before and Charlotte was in a probably most of those plays. Yeah. I
2: think I probably was. I mean but... me and
0: Charlotte directed Jacob in a play once, just as
1: No, both of you directed Yes, Jacob.
0: me and Charlotte directed Jacob in a play once. That's yeah. we co directed You Jake.
1: wrote a play.
0: <laughs> you uh, were the lead. the lead.
1: So thank you guys. That was a good like three, four years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, we were in like year eleven or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, wow. the, that's honestly the only time I can pinpoint all three of us being in the same room before we started this podcast. But look, let's quickly wrap up the podcast uh, or the Judas and the Black Messiah before we talk about Roman Kemp's Assignment at the Emergency. Do you think this film can win Best Picture? That's what the title says. That's what we're discussing. Yeah. <sighs> Mate, this is
1: tough. Like, this is actually tough. I know you like, there was just a silence then. You're like, yeah, 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 no. I actually had to think. Because, like I said, the cinematography on this film, absolutely incredible. This film, whilst amazing and informative, as it is up for best picture, I don't think it's going to win. And that's purely because, right, the picture was good. It was really good. I really liked the whole style it went for. But I just felt at times we got lost and i think although the visuals kind of bought the the film back i just feel like there is better stuff out there visually i do and that pains me to say because i was loving the visuals in this like they were really impressive but that was only because they really fit the story as visuals i didn't I, thought, I think there's better alternatives. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if you guys are on my wavelength.
2: I fully, like I said, comparing it to one of my favourite cinematography moments, which is 1917. If you haven't seen that movie, I would highly recommend it. It's a shame you can't watch it in cinemas, honestly. But that... And you
0: could have a year ago. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. But that was just beautifully fit. Just incredibly... I don't even know how they did it. Just so well filmed. And... This one, I think, was great for the storyline. I've actually changed my opinion since I um, wrote my little snippet. And I don't really know how Oscar nominations work I don't know how they get voted. I honestly don't know a lot about it. I just know who goes up for it. Is that uh, a panel, Elizabeth?
0: Um, no, so it's the 6,000 Oscar members, or I actually think it's like 8,000 now, Um, and they rank the films and they first go the first place vote and you need 50% plus one. And then if no film's got 50% plus one, they add the 2nd place votes in. And if no place has got that, they have the third-place vote. And if and even so and so if even when you're down to, like, eight and no film's got, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I never know. I always get it wrong with Oscar nominations. You know, there's people who, especially when it comes to best actors and stuff, I always remember when it was... Um, the Theory of Everything, Main Actor and the Intimidation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch, they were both up for best actor on the same year and I'm still conflicted as to who should have won, to be honest. Um but I, I never get it right. So I, I think this film this film could do it, but it's not the best bit of cinematography I've ever seen. Yeah, like so bit.
0: um I think I'm the person out of you guys. I follow the Oscars, I'm a huge Oscars nut. Um I think I probably know I more no about the, I think I know more about the position of the race. I mean I've seen five You're of the eight.
1: There, ben. It wasn't. It
0: wasn't meant to be like that. No, I know. I know. I'm joking. I was. Joking. I was just saying. I've seen five of the eight films in the best picture category. I'm not going to see the other three before the day. Um, and you
1: just follow this religiously. Yeah, I do and follow just...
0: it. I'm really upset. I can't watch all eight because normally I do get all of them in, but legal reasons. I'm not allowed to. This is possibly, I think, the best film I've seen. Um, and I really feel annoyed it's out of it probably won't win best picture um it's got a shot um i think Kaluya is probably where they're gonna award the film in supporting if stanfield doesn't like take away too many votes and then sasha baron cohen wins it which would be cheap um otherwise maybe hers post-credits scene song could win but maybe i i, I have a really big gut feeling they're gonna give that to husovic in the eurovision film because that was actually a part of the movie. Um, I don't think the film's strong enough in screenplay or cinematography. I think other films have got those rolled up. Um, so I think it probably can't catch Nomadland, which is the current Best Picture favourite, because it, just, it didn't get into directing, it didn't get into editing, which is a shame, because it's a great film. Yeah. So yeah. But even if it's not going Best Picture, I think that's still three quite firm recommendations from us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, honestly, uh, it is a great film. If you are into your Oscars, honestly, go watch it, go check it out, and we would love to hear your thoughts. Maybe you completely disagree with us. Maybe you thought there was not enough characters. Maybe you think it absolutely is, hands down, going to win Best Picture. We would love to hear from you. Ben, one more time, what is the email? Uh,
0: Benheath101 at gmail.com
1: Yes. Yes. Very exciting. Okay. So Ben, you didn't, you didn't want to put this in, but I like begged you. I was like, no, Ben, 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 you got to talk about it because I'm a big Roman Kemp fan, but that is not why I want to talk about the documentary. I want to talk about this documentary because look, it's just so groundbreaking. So if you don't know who Roman Kemp is, he is a radio and TV presenter. And during the pandemic, he lost his best mate, who is actually also his uh, producer of his radio show to suicide. This in this documentary, Roman meets others who have been affected, you know, they by suicide if they've lost their family member, friends. And it's about how you deal with this losing someone so close to you to mental health. And about how do you blame yourself for it? And things like that. Roman also opens up about how he has struggled with his own mental health both before and after his mate's death. And This was the thing that I said to Ben. This is what made Ben be like, shit, okay, I'm going to let you talk about this on the pod. Roman opens up about how he's been on antidepressants since he was 15 years old. And in this documentary, he openly takes one on camera. This is just incredible to see a male celeb just openly take an antidepressant. You know, this documentary breaks down stigma surrounding men's mental health. If you haven't watched it, I implore you to do so. Like, you genuinely, genuinely... It sounds like I'm preaching to you, like I'm in some church or something, but you just need to watch it. It's incredible. Charlotte, you've watched this.
2: Yeah, so... It, it's I'm, amazing. I'm massively into these celebrities opening up um, with the BBC about things that have happened. Did you watch the
1: Sarah McDermott one? Yep,
2: watched that. Also had yeah. huge respect for her. I cannot believe... Um, I, I, it angers me so much the way she was treated versus the the guy especially when she was younger um, and that's a different story yeah. but i think especially for any of the male listeners out there i mean don't get me wrong whether you're male or female whatever you identify as people struggle with their mental health
1: my I mum watched it and said she was so educated to learn a bit more about men's mental health as well,
2: well. i think there is there's so much out there the the there's every side of it but there is so much out there on women's mental health compared to men's mental health. It's the largest yeah. killer for
0: men under forty, and the other, it's like the other thing is there isn't the pathway to talk about it in a similar way that, um, in recent weeks that there's there in a similar way there isn't a pathway or discussion to talk about men who are victims of sexual assault or rape, which the numbers Life in the, the UK numbers are lost high. Every ninety minutes to suicide. Yeah. The numbers of all these things with men are high, um, often like it's the men's under 40 biggest killer um, but there's some kind of, I'm not sure if it's stoicism or stiff upper lip or that mean men are less likely to report it or if people don't believe men or...
1: I think there's it's... the embarrassment, I yeah. think. Yeah.
2: No, I think there's a lot of stigma of man up, Like
1: I really... you know, like, uh, oh, hey. I'm embarrassed to admit, not me, but like men think oh i can't admit that like i'm too embarrassed to say look i'm struggling with also I'm think right there's fear of being
0: called a liar as well
1: yeah i'm feeling trapped as well
2: yeah i'm feeling I, people I, don't believe I personally, you i post everyone's got different takes on it no but i personally as a as a woman get very like i've mentioned before like i get very angry about it when i hear people say oh just man up and so it's like no hold on we've all got a bre- like oh, on oh, minute! like, what do you mean, man up? Like, he's, this is so, and I think, because, I don't know about you, but Roman Kemp, he's a pretty cool dude, in my opinion. Like, he's very, you know, he's not like a, not for those weirdos out there at all. Does me. he
1: have nice pockets?
2: Stop it, don't, that makes it
1: just... I've got to get that in every week.
2: I think mean, the joke's going to die now, honestly, RIP <laughs> R. to it. But
0: <laughs> We've had um, worse jokes living longer.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I think for him to speak up about it and like Jake said like take an antidepressant on camera for people to see that it's 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 legit fair it's not that we have to see it to believe it but you know what i mean um i just i think it's so great that this guy that has like he's got a great following with men and stuff it's uh, like you know some guys girls follow because they're like oh it's a good looking boy this guy actually has male followers and he's opening up about it and i think men need to watch this because Men's mental health needs to be more discussed. I know so many men that struggle with their mental health and they always say, I just, I can't talk to guys about it. Even though all the guys are feeling the same, they just feel like they can't talk about it or they can't talk to girls about it. And we're all here to support. And if you're not there to support, then honestly, you need to check your values. But I really recommend this one. The thing is, this doc,
1: one of the main things to, to, to take away from it is Ask, are you okay twice? Yeah. Cause so many people go, Are you okay? Or like, You're alright? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a passing thing. And the idea from this documentary, one thing that you really need to take away is just say to your mate, Are you actually okay? Well I got... I was reading some comments on Twitter and someone said hours after this documentary aired, someone said, I saved my mate's life by asking, Are you okay twice? Are you alright? Yeah, yeah, good thanks. No. Are you actually okay? I'm here for you.
0: And his mate broke down. Mm. I mean, the interesting one that I saw on Twitter, the exchange that kind of didn't upset me but made me think, "Wow, Twitter's a shitty place." Was last night during the Caroline Flack documentary. Um, I didn't oh, watch I it. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, but um, basically, there's a point, and it's been widely written about it. She spoke about it herself. Um, when she was at her lowest, she attended the BAFTAs just after the X factors and Graham Norton. Yeah. He did what if you're host of an award show you're meant to do, which is rip on all the celebrities. Like, that, that's what you're paid to do. And he made a joke about Flack, and then Lorraine laughed and was in-camera laughing. And the documentary said, oh, that was incredibly harsh on Caroline, which it was. The joke was in bad taste, but in the same level, that award show's for you. That's why I don't like the speeches at the beginning of them. Um, but then... Um, on Twitter, people like, "I hope Graham Norton's ashamed," and I'm like, "Well, that's just trolling and does putting."
1: Graham quite a like a personality where he's just a bit inconsiderate. Like, I don't know if you saw on Alison Hammond's first proper week hosting this morning, she was like, "Graham, I always used to say you're walking your dog." Where is yeah, that but dog no, down? he Graham was taking
0: dead. He was taking, but that's not the thing. Like, the, the comment, so the comments were, that, the comments were almost saying. Yeah, and the vile things him and Lorraine were receiving that night. I was like, you're watching a documentary about suicide, and your first thought is to troll someone else? Fully agree
1: with that, Ben. Someone got massively trolled, which
0: led her to suicide. Yeah, also, I mean, the other thing is, the thing that he said to Caroline Flack was almost also, like, tame for an award show. Like, Sarah Silverman took the piss out of Paris Hilton the night before she went to jail at one of them. So he was actually being quite nice.
2: Well, I think with our generation, what specifically annoys me is, well, once once someone has felt the need, uh, tragically, to end their life, it's all, why didn't they speak up? Why didn't they say anything? And then you see it, and you see these people getting trolled, told to kill them, and I'm like, right, you're not learning here. You're saying, you know, speak up, get help. Well, someone messes up, and your first thing to do is just cancel them. What? Like I don't get this generation at all.
0: I mean, I think...
1: Ben, I know you argued about award shows just being that way inclined. Maybe you need to change that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe there is a thing of the fact that um, award shows only work off views. And um, the horrible thing is, um, this is guess I'm really shitty, but an award show is three hours of celebrities patting each other on the back. Um, yeah. So there is something in it about the fact that if you have a host who's a comedian, they have, they they can't go out there and just be nice. They have to be a bit harsh because otherwise the whole thing's too sickly sweet. And they make jokes and they make really good jokes. And granted, I think the jokes about on Flack were a bit low hanging fruit. But look at what Tina Fey and Amy Poehler do. They make some hilariously brutal jokes that are really funny, and the whole room is laughing. But that's what they would have expected. And in the same way.
1: And I think. Also, and if,
0: if you don't want to hear it. Like, this isn't me saying she should have went. But she would have. Caroline Flack would have almost certainly known at that event. Graham Norton is going to make a joke about that like X Factor show. dig
1: in a dick way. It's yeah, like it's, laughing at yourself.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, So don't go to an award show if you don't want that to have that joke about you. You need to laugh about it. I mean, every time Quentin Tarantino brings it up, someone brings up the fact he's a fucking buff and he always goes and laughs. So,
1: I mean, ultimately, though, maybe we do need to change our mannerisms at award shows, but that is a completely other podcast in itself. Guys... Let's wrap it up. That is the longest ever i Take Film podcast we've done. Thank you so much to you for listening. Uh, please do get involved. Please share this podcast with your friends. Like the podcast. And we will see you next week. Ben, what film are we doing next week?
0: Mank. Hollywood talking about Hollywood.
1: Amazing, amazing. All that and more next week. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye.